What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the One Small Action Podcast. I am your host, Matthew Freeman, and I really appreciate you stopping in. See, One Small Action is dedicated to those little things that add up over time that create an extraordinary life. And the podcast is dedicated to bringing people on who have taken one small action over time and sharing stories and lessons and learnings in life that have led to small actions creating extraordinary things. This is what I've found out in my 43 years of life thus far, and this is what I want to share with you. So thank you for popping in. If you get some value out of the show, please share the show. That's the only way it grows. I don't market this show whatsoever. So screenshot it, throw it in Instagram, tag me, tell me what you liked so we can bring more of that content. And without further ado, let's get to today's show. What's up, One Small Action listeners? Hey, thank you for being back. Every time you come back, it's just a compliment that I may or may not even see because I don't necessarily look to see who's coming and who's listening. I don't, uh, I mean, I, I look at the analytics a little bit, but I'm not looking for individual listeners. But each and every one of you that is here for the first time, thank you for being here. And each and every one of you that has been back a few times, thank you for coming back. By the way, if you ever have anything that you would like to hear, shoot me a message and I will see if it's a topic that I feel confident and competent to speak on. But where does that take us today? Today I wanted to talk about our food intake, but from like a different perspective. See, I've always like, well, I shouldn't say that. I actually was overweight for a long time. I had uh, many food I, I still have food uh, crutches, if you will. I still have a major sweet tooth. I still want to snack late at night. I had a lot of things to overcome. I don't miss fast food. I don't really miss alcohol. I don't really miss like a lot of the things that I, I no longer eat. I've been eating healthy, the healthier version of myself for long enough to not really miss many of those things. But I do sometimes miss ice cream. I do like sweet things and um i i don't deprive myself of them i just they're about few and far between and that took some time energy and effort and a lot of you know a lot of time a lot of energy and effort to kind of get to where i'm at today it's, it's i've been working on this food thing for the last 13 years actually i became intentional 13 years ago and every day it's been an intentional effort towards how to support my body and support my body's needs for energy through food. But I will tell you an area that is congruent for me to how you might feel about this food thing. So a lot of people, they go on a diet and they make a few changes and those changes are not the end goal of the changes. They're just the interim. So they put more attention to it. They're eating a certain way and they start putting more attention toward food. And we eat a little healthier and we eat these meals and the results don't come right away and ready to be done with it. So instead of learning to build food habits that will support you for the long term, 
we look toward crash diets, things that will get us results in the short term, that we generally pack back on. We want that that quick loss. But that quick loss doesn't build long-term health. It's just short-term weight loss. And the most... The thing that I could be most relatable with now that I've I've kind of overcome the hump on being able to manage food is finance. There was a for a long time what I would do is the same thing that I see many people do with their food. I would tell myself that I'm doing a great job, that I'm working hard, that the money's in and I wouldn't really pay attention as long as there was enough money at the end of the month to pay all of the bills and maybe a little bit left over, I must be doing a good job. But every single month it was a rat race and every single month I was anxious and every single month I was worried about the result. I was checking my account daily like people step on the scale daily and my emotions were driven by whether or not my bank account was up or down. I had no long-term investments at the time. Once I had, I lost when I changed my career. But when you take a look at finance, I I go, okay, somewhere around COVID, I said, I need to do things differently. I need to build habits that would support financial strength in the future. And so uh, about three years ago, actually, this month, I uh, opened you know, a Robin Hood, and I bought a few stocks, and I opened an Acorns. And I know some of you are like, oh, man, hey, you could do so much better than those accounts. But look, it was small steps in the right direction. I opened an Acorns. I opened a Robin Hood. I called my financial planner, and I told him, we're going to do automatic withdrawal for my Roth IRA. Just take it. Take it before I spend it. I started putting money in a, in my savings. I would, I would take my first earnings and put it, put it t- toward myself. And I'm not talking about a lot of money. And I started paying down all my credit cards to make sure I had none. And I would use my credit card and pay it off. That's how I do it. The funny thing is, is if I spend $500 on a credit card, I'd rather pay 50 every other day because that's kind of how income comes in for me. But that's besides the point. So I started to sit back and go, I need to take a look at my profit and loss. I need to know what's coming in and I need to know what's going out to have an idea of what is even investable. What do I have to play with? And this is common for people. They don't want to look at their food intake, like truly look at it, like really write down everything and honor everything that goes in. I had to sit there and I had, to, I had to take a hard look at everything that was coming in and everything that was going out. And at the end of the day, if I had $5,000 coming in and $5,000 going out, there was no investable funds. If I had 5000 coming in and 6000 going out, I was going to be in a hole. And if I had 5000 coming in and 4000 going out, then I had investable funds. But I had to look at that and I had to start seeing where I had an opportunity to invest. 
And then I had to start putting that money away. And in the beginning, I looked at Robinhood every day and it was like, ooh, apples up, apples down, apples up, apples down. Crypto tripled, crypto tanked. Oh my God, look, I got $4,000 in crypto. Oh my God, I got 500. What happened? This daily looking at the investments was a roller coaster. I was so focused on the results that I forgot that I had done something. I had established a foundational habit that was going to build me long-term comfort, long-term investment, long-term gains. I was creating habits that would support me across the board. The first $100 that I make goes here. The first 50 goes here. The first 50 goes here. So I, I saw how much was coming in. I saw how much was coming out, going out. And then I would allocate first toward myself. I would give to myself. When it comes to a food budget, people don't look at it this way. They don't see the profit and loss. They don't see what's going in and what's coming out. And then, hey, let's talk about quality of the investment. Like I said, Acorns, Robin Hood, I might be getting that, oh, ah, there's other places you could put the money. Personally, real estate is my favorite investment. And at the time, I wasn't in a position to buy real estate. That is my favorite investment. I think long-term real estate, well, long-term real estate and stocks both hold true. It's proven. But I like real estate. Having been a mortgage broker, obviously, and spending a lot of time in there, I, I like I like the real estate game. I like the long term. I like the numbers. I like the fact that you get to benefit from the the space that you're invested in, whether it be commercial and you, you run your business out of it or a home that you live in. I don't know if I'd have a investment property anymore. Not sure if I did. Property manager. Anyways, I digress. But coming back to that, the the type of investment does matter. It 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 will make a difference. But and that that is kind of like quality of food. But if you look at your budget and you look at calories in and you look at calories out and you go, okay, hey, I'm burning two thousand calories a day, I'm taking in fifteen hundred calories a day, I should lose a pound a week. That that is true. It is about what the numbers would say. And quality of food plays a role. Just like if I put $100 in this stock, maybe it's Apple. It performs pretty well over time. Every time I put $100 in, I should yield, you know, kind of some percentage of return. But that's not going to, like, happen overnight. Or if I invest in Dogecoin extremely volatile uh, ton of money overnight and then kind of gone. So something that was tried and true and proven and something was, that was all speculation is a lot like, you know, whole foods from whole foods or whole foods eaten in a very well, like well-mannered way, slowly cooked well at home versus eating out or Whole foods cooked at home versus processed foods. So there is going to be better bang for your buck or better predictable return 
on a higher quality investment, whether it be food quality or it be, excuse me, stocks like Apple versus Dogecoin. So now we have the foundational habits of the understanding our profit and loss, then committing to taking what we have and investing it back within ourselves, and then choosing the type of investment that will be benefit us more often than not, maybe taking some risk at times, but kind of surrounding yourself with predictable and then maybe a little unpredictable because there's going to be times that you have to eat out or and or you know go out on a date night or have a glass of wine i'm sure but if you understand the budget you understand what's coming in what's going out quality relative to you know what's going to get you the best return then there can be long-term gains if you look at the scale on a daily basis it may not show up In fact, there was something I invested in and I invested, you know, $500 and I looked the next day and it was $50. I could have freaked out. I could have freaked out because I knew I was doing something that was right, but the result was all wrong. So I make these changes in food and I hire a trusted advisor someone that's done it a lot and I do what they say and the scale goes up and I want to abort an abandoned ship I want to think that everything's going wrong but you can't because the investment the, the, the hormonal impact on the body that has happened over time doesn't get reset by one good week of eating or two good weeks of eating or even three good weeks of, of almost doing what was asked of you. Now, that being said, there should be some metrics of return, such as I'm feeling better, I have more energy, etc. There should be some metrics that the stock that I invested on still exists and didn't go blah, blah overnight. But ultimately, what I'm sharing with you guys is Finance is still something I'm trying to figure out and I'm not giving up on it and it's something in the long term. I make some committed investments. I don't look at it. I stay true to, to the direction. I review it from time to time to make sure that like where I'm allocating is the right way to allocate. I check in with myself. Is this the risk, you know, is this the risk um, level I can tolerate? What's my risk tolerance as I as I age or as my life changes. And it is a constant review, head down, do the work. Review, head down, do the work. Review, head down, do the work. If I freaked out every time the result wasn't what I had hoped for and pulled out, I would constantly be starting over. There are penalties for pulling out. If I pull out of the investments, I have to pay certain taxes on those investments. And then my money is worth less. And then I have to find a new place to put it anyways. So if I know that the return on an investment is good over time, then I stay strong until I have a place to exchange it. And ultimately, I have turned things around in a lot, in a a big way in three years. 
It doesn't feel like it. Believe me, I am so far from where I want to be. And it's really easy for me to think that, like, I threw away millions of dollars in my 20s. But that's not relevant. Because what I was in my 20s and 30s was someone who took risks and lost. But I learned. And then I had some some blockage around it before I had to say, okay, now it's time to, to really dive into this. I, and I still have my stuff around money. And a lot of you have your stuff around food. You still have blockages around food. Carbohydrates are bad. No, I can't have fat. I shouldn't eat past eight. Um, you know, I have a sweet tooth that I don't want to tell no one about. So I'm not telling my coach about the Hershey's Kisses that I'm eating. Like that that feeling of being judged, not by, not even by your coach, but by yourself is real. It's very real. It's hard for me to sit down in front of someone that I that I feel has financial strength and and intelligence because I'm embarrassed and ashamed of where I'm at at 44 and I had to swallow that shame and pride and my ego to say like I'm smarter than my portfolio says but my portfolio is my portfolio and I want to grow it and I need to talk to smart people and I need to trust them and I need to, I, and when I do trust them, I need to go all in in that trust. I can't go partially in. Because if I don't go all in in that trust, whatever we agree upon, and they say if you invest $500 a month for the next year, you're going to probably yield $8,000 at the end of the year. It's a huge return. But I only give them $250 a month. And then I say, how come I don't have 8000 But I didn't, I didn't go all in. I didn't give them everything that they asked for. Therefore, I couldn't expect that kind of return. And nothing's promised anyways, right? And I'm not calling really anyone out. We all have our blocks is what I'm saying. And while mine's not mine's not in food and exercise any longer because I've been working at it for 13 years and believe me I still have the things I have to work on but my mine is in finance and I'm sharing with you guys today a lot of some personal stuff in hopes that like when you hear this you can understand that food's tough disordered eating eating disorders can't talk, can't be talked about lightly did some assignments in psych class and they were tough. And I understand that there's blockages. If you got blockages, then you need to get help. And and some of it is maybe psychological. It's not even actually in implementation and out there eat plant-based. Don't eat plant-based eat, eat higher protein. Don't eat higher protein. Never eat more than 35 grams of protein per sitting. Don't eat after nine, eat before seven. You should fast. You should, you should, you should be vegan. You should be this. Only buy organic. Don't buy organic. Drink that water. No, don't drink that water. Tap water is the best. No, tap water will ruin you. Like, I understand why you're confused. Believe me, when you peel back all of that and you go, what are the foundational habits? The foundational habits are eating 85 to 90% of your meals at home getting sunshine on a daily basis, 
chewing your food thoroughly before you swallow it so your body can absorb it. Varying your food intake like vegetables and, and different meats and different things, vegetable source or animal based because you get different nutrients from these different things. That's why chicken, rice, and broccoli won't suit you forever because you're going to be missing nutrients. But creating a variety, putting your fork down, eating without distraction, taking six deep breaths before you eat, not eating on the run, not chewing and running at the same time. Drinking enough water. Everyone says they're great with their water, but but then they say, how much is enough? They say, I don't know. I just, I pee a lot, so I drink plenty. Is your pee white? Oh, white as can be. Well, you're probably peeing out a lot of your electrolytes. And that's going to lead to lethargy and headaches and lack of energy also. So there's some foundational stuff that you can do and you can be better and you got to trust the foundational stuff and you got to be in it for the long term. Because it's about getting healthy. It's about more than just the numeric number on the scale. It's about when you go in and get blood tests that everything comes back good. And the chance of living a long life is there for you. And I know we don't want to look at our oh, I don't I don't have time to track. I don't want to look at tracking. Tracking stresses me out. I don't want to I don't want to weigh and measure everything. Well, I didn't want to count my money either. And I don't want to count my debts. It's scary. It's scary to know the truth. But you have to know the truth to progress. You have to know the truth to progress. All right, everybody. That concludes another show on the One Small Action Podcast. Again, I am your host, Matthew Freeman, and I really appreciate you having given me your most valuable commodity, and that is your time. If you did enjoy the show, I'm just going to remind you one more time. The way that you can help me out is to share the show. Let others know about what you liked. Let me know about what you liked. Or you can head over to Apple iTunes and give me a review. A five-star review helps the show get seen. In 2022, my goal is to show up a little bit more often for you and provide a little bit more of that content that you've grown to love. So thank you again for joining in. And until next time. Have a wonderful day, and remember, take one small action at a time, and it will lead to extraordinary things.